Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right, Dean. We're marketing guys. Yes, we, we are. Know, we know a thing or two about marketing. Yes, we do. But we do probably have some limits to our experience. I have a lot. And our expertise. Yes. Uh, I'm aware of my limitations. You're you're kind of the like the marketing is a business tool guy. Yes. You've got a lot of like the business sense of things. Fair. That's I'm pretty fair. good at writing. Yes. I, get, I know content a little bit about man. targeting, messaging, stuff like that. Yes. In the marketing universe, you're content man. Yeah, there, you, there go. you go. But what about the design angle? How's your feeling about Ooh, that? Could yeah. you like whip up a nicely designed ebook if I asked nicely you? Nicely designed? <laughs> no. <laughs> Me? Uh, if Not I so whip much. something up, it would look whipped up. Okay, yeah. Same here. <laughs> I had those like very middling <laughs> Adobe skills at this point that I've, I've learned over the last yeah. couple of years, but nothing, nothing and my, shocking. And my mom is shamed because she's an artist, right? Oh. And I did not get that gene. Just didn't pick that one up. Didn't huh? pick that one up okay. at all. Yeah. No, stick men is about as far as I can go yeah, with yeah. any kind of drawing. And let's be honest, we live in a very visual world. Oh, we do. You know, oh, we're yeah. always on our smartphones, screens. 100%. We need everything, whether it's email, social media, websites, everything needs to pop and look great. Absolutely. So maybe some of our VARs are kind of wondering about the design part of things mm. too. Maybe they could use a little help with design. Yes, so they need it. So that's why we've got our guest on today. Very Crystal Cotras is joining us today from Barcoding to awesome. talk all about the world of design. Yep, uh, she's going to help us come up with some. You know, talk a little bit about why quality of design is important. Yep, you know why it actually matters. Yep, talk about maybe you know for companies that don't have an experienced team or somebody mm -hmm. that's good at design or they're mm -hmm. not good at design. How can they find some nice resources to help them out nice. without having to break the bank? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe for the design pros, if she's got some expertise there, because she is a design pro, so she might have some tips and tricks that the pros don't even know. Nice. Uh, and we'll talk about some one of my pet peeves, which is website design. Yes. And maybe some tips and tricks there that she can <laughs> that she can maybe share with us. Maybe we can convince some of those old websites to go away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm afraid we'll have this conversation to look at our own websites and go, oh, you know, so, yeah, I know. We're uh, we're missing. In the boat too, exactly. and she's got the VAR perspective. She works. There, there you at go. A exactly. So, so she's the right person. Who better? We probably should just turn this whole episode over to her and just leave. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, just let yeah. her just talk yeah. for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. It's time to get connected. First of all, uh, say that, uh, as always, the Tech Connect Podcast is sponsored in part by Intel, mm -hmm. who uh, wants to uh, let you check out, check out a short little message about their market-ready solution. So let's play that real quick. Built and validated with Intel architecture innovation and orchestrated with a worldwide partner ecosystem. Intel IoT market-ready solutions are solving key industry challenges across manufacturing, retail, healthcare, transportation, and a number of other industries with a portfolio that spans hundreds of real-world, market-driven, ready-to-deploy offerings with tens of thousands of commercial deployments around the world in over 100 countries. Across a wide range of highly competitive and fast-moving industries, customers need scalable solutions that speed time to implementation and drive real-world business outcomes. Intel IoT market-ready solutions can help you get there faster. All right. As I said, our guest today is Crystal Katras. She is the lead designer and content strategist for Barcoding Inc. 
Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you on the show. I think this is a different kind of a topic that we, we talk a lot about marketing, yeah. but we don't talk a lot about this Design. side of marketing. So, yes, and this is critical. It is, very it much really, so. It really, really is. So. So, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, your history with design, and what you do every day at Marketing. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, Jody Costa recommended me to join the podcast for more of my design um, kind of knowledge. We uh, have heard a blame then. Great. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. We have heard a thank. That's <laughs> <laughs> the appropriate word. <laughs> yes. Um, I am the lead designer at Barcoding. I've been here for about four years or so. Um, and throughout my career at Barcoding, I've helped um, launch the rebranding of Barcoding um, back in 2019. We just launched um, IntelliTrack earlier this year. I've developed, I don't know, probably hundreds of social media and email campaigns and we created um, several new websites on uh, websites on HubSpot and many other things that we've done here at Barcoding or I have done. Um, I'm also known as an award-winning graphic designer. I have like four GDUSA uh, graphic design awards, a few Indigo design awards, and um, two Baltimore um, American Advertising Awards as well. Um, I'm a graduate from Stevenson University and I have my degree in visual communication design. Um, outside of barcoding, I'm also heavily involved with AIJ Baltimore as their communications director, and I'm on the board for the American Advertising Federation of Baltimore. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. Well, that's heavily credentialed, that's, if you ask yeah, me. Yes. She's got the bona fides. Well, Let's put it there that we way. Go. Yes. <laughs> design? Yes, we've got that. We've got that. All right. So if you want to know something about design, this is the person you need to be listening to in this particular conversation. There and yes, go. to her point, you know, I, I think uh, you had written a post about kind of like four graphic designers about how to, you know, make a, a, a good or strong resume that, you know, shows enough of their skills but doesn't mm. show too much. Isn't mm -hmm. it? And let's be honest, you know, we could go down an entire conversational alley about resume design, frankly, and oh, Lord. putting out good resumes. Yeah. But but Jody tagged, uh, I think, us, maybe Cordy on that, yep. too, whatever, and mm -hmm. said, hey, if you want someone smart for the podcast, Crystal's your choice here. And I, that was it. That's all there I needed. You go. Jody, yeah. says, yep. Jody says, go, we go. We you go. Know? So we, we were happy to bring you on. <laughs> well, let's, yeah, let's, let's get into this then. We want to talk about this idea of you know, design resources and some tips for any skill level. You know, And, and, and again, I know a lot of our bars probably, they're very, uh, they're very focused on um, you know, their, their day-to-day sales work, mm. you know, they, they probably know technology inside and out, yep. but maybe that, you know, design and marketing isn't necessarily it, no, one of their core strengths. thought about a lot, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or it's the thing that they do at once and then years can pass. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Or they hire out somebody to do, you yeah. know, create right. something for them and then never change it again. That's right. So let's talk about this. So why, why is quality design important for bars of any size and industry to focus on, be it for advertising, websites, marketing, mm -hmm. emails, et cetera? Where do you, why do you think it's so important? Good design is just good overall. I think it's good for any industry, in my honest opinion. Um, it helps a potential customer, partner, employee, any of that, understand who your company is and like what you do and why they should choose your product or service because there's lots of options out there these days and it's just really important to have a quality design. If it's going to be difficult for someone to like access your website or to see what you do like on like Instagram or social media or any of that, they're not going to like look at your company because it's going to be difficult because it's a bad design. Um, so it's just really important for quality design to have a seat at the table at the at any company, um, not just VARS. Um, so I find it's really important to have a quality design across the board um, with your website, with your marketing, social media, emails, advertising. I think you should touch on every avenue, no matter what it is. They're, they're all important in every different way. 
For example, if your website isn't responsive and a customer is looking at your website on a mobile phone and if they can't read your website properly, they're likely just like going to go with someone else because it's just the accessibility and making things difficult for people is just not a good thing these days. Um, so I definitely think that quality design is just really important across all aspects. Uh, you don't want to make a potential customer frustrated because they can't read your website or they can't view your website because it's not responsive. Um, so as designers, it's our job to make things seamless, uh, a seamless process across the board um, when it comes to marketing emails, you, websites, you name it. Very good. And when you think about it, I'm going to throw some statistics here because okay. I think these matter, right? But when you think about design specifically, 94% of first impressions are made are related to the look and feel of the design, right? So when you think about that first impression, yep. if you're spending all this time trying to go out there, find new customers or whatever, you know, that first impression can really matter 94% of the time. It really does. 75% of users make judgments about the company and its values and their credibility based solely on the web page. So just the web design, right? right. Which I know is a part of what we'll do, so, or talk a lot about here. 75% of users are making judgments. That so makes sense. They're not even talking to you. They They've hit their, your website, and they're already making yep. a judgment about you. I do That's it. That's really impactful. And uh, to Crystal's point, I mean, when you think about design, it's 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 the graphics, yes, but it's also the UI, and I and I think that that's really important too. I mean, the look and feel, and we'll talk a lot about that, you know, and how you can improve or, or tips of the trade there. But keep in mind the UI, you know, how users navigate your right, website, right. or or if you're doing something interactive on a on an ad or something like that, you really need to remain cognizant of that because that's equally as important. For example, if you do a pop up uh, on your website. And and you and you've hidden the little closeout button or something like oh, that. Yeah. There are things that you can do that you think you're being really whiz bang and smart, but you're really actually creating a negative yep. experience yep. on the whole yeah, thing. Right. So and that gets into the UI, right? Yep. I mean, so these things are always uh, are, are quite important. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, then, so for companies that don't have an experienced team or even like a single strong designer on hand. Let's talk about some of the uh, the the simple, free, or low cost tools that are out there. And I will say, some of the stuff we're going to talk about. I'm going to drop some links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. You sent me uh, like a video from Kel Lauren, who sounds like they are very, uh, very well respected on YouTube, mm. uh, and and shares a lot of different types of of tools and tips and tricks. So I highly recommend checking out that video. You also had a blog post that had a kit that pulled over a lot of that stuff too. So check this stuff out because you know, there's going to be a lot more than you're probably going to be able to share here. But what are some of the, the best kind of, you know, free, low cost, simple to use tools that anybody can, you know, even with very little to no design background could grab and use? Yeah, of course. There are like tons of lots and lots and tons of free resources and tools for designers and even non-designers and marketers can make use of all these tools as well. Most of them are completely free. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of them. I have them all on a list right here. Um, so for photography, I recommend um, taking your own photography when possible for your company because it just feels more natural and it just looks better on a website if you have real people um, on your website that are actually employees or partners, that type of thing. Um, so I highly recommend taking your own photography and um, doing that as well. We actually had for barcoding, uh, one of our company's versatile mobile systems out in um, Seattle, Washington out there. Um, we actually did a photo shoot out there in their warehouse and we have tons of photography that we use on a daily basis from that. That's just 
it does so much better on social media. You have real people and real faces. It's not stock photography. No one else has access to those photos, so it's yours. Um, but if you don't have the access to do a photography shoot or just the accessibility in terms of that in general, um, there's plenty of different like free photo sites. So a couple of the ones that I use are unsplash.com, pexels.com, and then there's pixabay.com, and then there's a few others um, that you'll find on my blog. I'm sure. Um, but those are all those free photo sites. You just have to be careful of like not choosing a photo that gets used a lot or like might be commonly seen like on social media anywhere. Um, so just got to be careful of that, I would say with that. But those websites are great. Can um, we dive sure. very, I agree with you. Can we dive a little bit more into the photography before you go on to some of yeah. your other tools there real quick? I, you know, one of the annoying things is you think you got a great image and then you start seeing it everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh no, it's these three people, yeah, you know, yeah. huddled or something like that. And it's like, like 50 oh, variations no. of the same three people. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and those are great sites, Crystal. I totally agree. But I, I am going to pause on the photography and maybe doing your own because man that is so to me i'm not a designer but i've uh, many 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 times designers have come to me and said you know good design often starts with great photography or uh, contextual photography right, right. and the best way to do that is to get your own photography it is probably worth the hundreds to maybe a couple thousand dollars to bring in a, a photographer if you don't feel comfortable with your iPhone. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, this this thing's wonderful. You know, you can right. get great images off of your phone. But it works in know, a pinch, yeah. Spend a little bit of dollars because now this is stuff that's evergreen. If you take really good photos of your facility and or your solutions and or things of that nature, that's meaningful. I mean, good design. You you can't have great design with really crappy photography right, right. or photography that is not contextual to what you're trying to message, right, Crystal? So that's yeah. why maybe you know spending some dollars on getting some photography makes I some totally sense. I totally agree. And to your point, if a company is already paying for stock photography, it's probably the probably the same amount of cost you would be spending in real photography would be my guesstimate. Um, I, I think we maybe spent $1,000 or so um, on that photo shoot. Um, so it's not really that expensive once you look at all your other costs than what you could be saving. You might not need that stock photography once you already have your own photography and you don't have to pay that month over month or year over year or whatever it is. So um, I would definitely recommend your own photography if at all possible. Yep, I agree. I just wanted to pause on that one because I feel yeah. that's really, really important. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So some other um, free resources um, that I have on my list as far as fonts and like typefaces, um, if you're using Adobe um, Creative Cloud, you already have access to Adobe fonts. Um, that automatically like syncs like with Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, any of those things that you might use. Um, so you can definitely get a lot of fonts through there if you already have an Adobe account. And I think you just have to have like minimum like Creative Cloud or like one of the softwares like Illustrator. Like if you just have one of the programs, I think you still get that opportunity to use Adobe fonts. Um, but some free ones, um, there's Google fonts. That's something I've used for years. Even in college, I use that. Um, unbloss.com slash fonts. That's a great one as well that I typically use. And then there's also different websites you can go to. Like if you're not keen, like on pairing fonts, like you need a good headline font with a good body copy font. There's a website called fontpair.co that is good um, for like testing out how these fonts pair together and what might be some good suggestions for that. 
So those are just some of the main um, free font resources that I use. Um, let's see what else. Do oh, I have? Can I pause you there? I'm sorry to keep interrupting <laughs> you because man, font is critical. And I am as a non-designer, this is like an area that I fail all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know Marco's going to laugh at this because I'll make my own part. Minion and Arial, that's like all you use. I make my own <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm really hideous at font pairing. I, yeah, I don't, it, it, I is, it is critical. I'll make my own PowerPoint presentations and I'm throwing Arial here, guys from there all on the same page and it's like I, i'm sure designers like marco are looking at like what the flip are you doing this looks like a cartoon what is right, worse right. than a cartoon font or font pairing is critical right and i'm glad that you brought up a a, a good resource there I, I i came across one called canva uh that has you know it's a guide to font pairing and and it's really really important right i, I don't think people if you don't have design skills and i get it i don't but right. there are certain things that are important and right. font pairing is one of those that it can actually fatigue the eye i think if mm -hmm. you think you're being really cute with all these different mm -hmm. fonts and oh i'm gonna do a little script font here right. and a little thing wingdings no. over here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say windings, you did. Um, but, you know, that can really fatigue right. the, the person that you're trying to communicate yeah, with. Just definitely. By, not because of the information you're trying, but all these different fonts that you're using. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a really important uh, resource. Is you got to have know what good font pairing is, headline, body, those types of things. Right, Crystal? I mean, it's, it's, it's more critical than I think people realize. It is very critical. And it's also just a reminder, like, at your company, if they have a brand guide um, from the market, marketing or designers, um, you just check the brand guide. They might have recommendations in the brand guide as well. I'm actually, we create the barcoding brand guide once we rebrand and we update it pretty much every quarter. It's like over a hundred pages at this point because it touches on logos, colors, typefaces, imagery, photography, you know, all that good stuff. Um, so we have a section on like font pairing and like, how would you like make a blog or a website, for example, like what headline or like what font should I use here? So we have those recommendations in our brand guide. So maybe also just check with your company to see if there's already that resource available. But are incredibly important. Agreed. I, I mean, I think that's one easy way to make your site and or your communication look a lot more high end is through good fonts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. designers know what fonts go where. And, and if you find the right guide, and it, whether it's, you know, it's the spacing, the kerning and, and things of that nature, just little things that you can do in font really can have a big impact. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's, I, I'll touch on this later probably as well, but like it, font choice is just important overall as well so like avoid the typical like normal fonts that everyone goes towards so i typically avoid anything to do with like avenir gotham helvetica Arial, any of those ones see that all my go-to's she's not going to <laughs> those they're heavily used um they've been that way for many years um so i typically avoid those i don't think i've used any of those since graduating college just because it's just like it's burned in my brain and just like I can't stand to look at it. Um, so I definitely think finding a unique typefaces and fonts is really important. Um, so yeah. But maybe not the combat font, you know, that <laughs> looks like you stenciled something on there. Oh, Don't get no. that cute, right? Yeah. Find a good font. But anyway, all right, continue yeah. with your list. That's great. Yeah. So I also have my list defont.com. That's another one that's good for fonts. But like I, I mentioned um, in my blog, that it's not that great of a resource. Um, it basically has like a lot of cheesy fonts. And like if you just need something specific or a random one-off thing, that's probably good for that. But you have to be careful with that website because sometimes it's like only for personal use and that's 
that website there's like a lot of those weird kind of fonts that you definitely don't need like a stencil like you mentioned um so those are pretty much all my font recommendations for textures and like patterns um it's there's a website called texturefabric.com where you can get just like free um eps like downloads for textures that you can use in illustrator as far as colors there's several different websites that i've used um, one of them, my favorites is coolers.com, um, sorry, coolers.co. Um, and actually you just like press the space bar and it automatically changes the color palette. And it's really cool. I've used it for several projects and just anything. Um, and then there's some other ones as well. HughSnap.com also develops like different color palettes. And then I'm pretty sure Adobe has some type of color wheel, um, tool as well. And they actually have a feature where you can actually color contrast um, for accessibility. That's another thing I want to touch on because accessibility is just super important. Um, it's like when you're creating a website, um, there's actually a free tool you can download where it can like test the contrast of your button on this background or this text on this background to make sure it looks good um, for anyone, even like people that are blind and that kind of thing. Um, so it's just really important to, that your colors are accessible. Um, when we redid the barcoding.com website we used a similar tool with our agency and then we actually revised some of our colors for the web so we have separate colors for print versus web um, so we have a separate blue and orange that we use just for digital uses just because it has more contrast so it's more visible for those people that might not be able to see those colors as well as we do well, so, I mean, like, I know when I was looking through your uh, list of, you know, your list and through Kel's video also, I was the whole time I'm, I'm sitting here literally starting to just type all this stuff into my browser. <laughs> and I, I saved probably six or seven different sites, mostly on the stock photography side of things, because that's one of those yeah. ones is a simple lift there mm -hmm. to find some new and different stuff. And I was thinking about, hey, I'm not going to use this a lot because I'm not the designer. Usually when I need something with heavily designed, I reach out to, you know, one of our team or one mm -hmm. of our freelancers that we work with. But just the things like where if I'm doing a little touch up on something or I'm writing a blog post and I just want a, something interesting picture at the top or something mm -hmm. like that or some mm -hmm. interesting pictures sprinkled in between. You're so right. Like having access to like just a lot of different stuff that most people aren't using and that you're not seeing everyone else. But I will go back also to the photography angle. And yes. Like, I, I think it's it's worth the investment. And again, you know, if if all else fails, you pull out your phone, you can take relatively yeah. decent pictures. I've done that a couple of times where I just couldn't find an image that I wanted of something for a blog. And I could, sh and I, you know, there's a way I could shoot it myself in my own house or something. Mm -hmm. And I just grabbed my phone, took a quick picture. I'm like, it's this is not some super professional thing that I needed to worry about that much. But I just think, you know, like it's, it's again, to your point, it's, it's something new. It's something different. It's something you only have access to. And it's, I'm always shocked when I work with folks, when I'm, I'm working on marketing campaigns for somebody and it's, and I'm putting together an ebook for instance. And I will ask before I even send anything to our designer, I'll ask, Hey, do you have any like screenshots of your, your, um, you know, devices in, in use or your software in use? Do you have any, you know, establishing shots you've taken some lifestyle shots or whatever of mm -hmm. people doing, you know, using your product in you know, the actual business that we're, you know, targeting here. And I'm always amazed how often they don't really have anything. <laughs> like they may have right? a few shots on yeah. their website, yeah, but, it's like, eh, but they no. don't have a pull of this stuff. And I'm like, okay. So then I just go to the designer. I'm like, all right, they didn't give us much here. Here's, you know, I'll make maybe a couple recommendations of what I think could be useful for a certain page. But most mm -hmm. of the time I just tell her, hey, 
you you go to town, you do what you want to do. I know you're infinitely smarter than I'll ever be about this. And usually she'll deliver an amazing piece that's got all these great, you know, different pieces of photography. But but I'm always amazed, though, that when when I talk to somebody that, you know, clearly knows their stuff about technology, but has never thought about taking a photo <laughs> of that tech in use to use for any kind of promotional right? material. Yeah, so I'm like, right, right, right. That's something you need to be thinking about because that's very useful to be able to do that. And, and you, and, for sure. And that's usually, and I know we'll get to the website thing, but that's usually the same person also that when you go check out their website, mm-hmm. there's not much that tells you that they are working in that particular industry. You know, it'll be very generic kind of, you know, design. Not much that, you know, even though they're telling you, like, you know, we're targeting hospitals. You don't find a single photo related to healthcare or hospitals anywhere yeah, on their right, website. Like, right. mm, do you, though? You know, so. <laughs> All right. Sorry you're up to you again, Crystal. Do you have any last few, like, you know, free resources you wanted to get to? Um, there's some other ones. I also have some other ones as well, like for more like design pros, um, but they're really for anyone. Um so I'll go through some of those. Um, so there's some I also use in like Google, Google Chrome. They have different widgets you can download. Um, so some of them, obviously, I have Grammarly on my list. That's just a good one for checking your spelling. It's always a great thing. You don't want, if you like designing a printed piece and like, you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to have something that's printed and it's like spelled wrong or something badly goes wrong in the spelling and the grammar. So always use Grammarly, whether it's like, for a blog, whatever you think you need it for. Um, it's just always good to check to see if your caption or whatever, the copy that you develop is like correct. Um, so that's one of the widgets I use for in Chrome. Um, so some other ones include Go Full Page. It actually is a tool where it can just take a screenshot of the entire page. Typically, you can only take a screenshot of what your window sees. Um, that tool ma- makes it easy to where you can take a screenshot of the whole page. So it's just good if you want to like keep records of like, this is what this page looks like now, what will it look like after this big update that we make um, just for comparisons. So I use that on a daily basis. Um, and then some other ones, um, as I mentioned about the accessibility and contrast um, for that, I use wave evaluation tool. Um, so that just really helps to track the contrast uh, of the colors on your website and that kind of thing. And there's another one I use that I use all the time. So it's called CSS Peeper. Um, and if I need to like have someone, some this company's logo or like try to grab one of their colors that they use or an image on their website, sometimes it takes a while to get a response from someone at a company. So typically I just use that tool and I can go on their website and easily like just download their logo or images that are on their website using that tool. So it makes it 10 times easier. Oh, I like that one too. I'm going to start using that one today. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah. So that's definitely a good hack that I have for you because I found out that just like, just trying to collect partner logos um, is really hard. You might not get a response or you need a certain version. And most of the time um, I get the right version. So most of the time with a website, um, they usually upload like SVG logos Oh, SVG files for a logo, and that's exactly what I need um, as a designer. So that tool just makes it so much easier. So that's something I use on a daily basis. Very good. All right. Now I want to get your take on something here real quick, because these are great tools. Um, would you would you advocate enabling certain members of your company 
with some of these tools. Now, let me give you the use case, because, right, I'm thinking about small to medium-sized VARs. Usually they have one person, that, you know, that has some capability. A little bit, yeah, yeah. But the sales team is out there doing presentations. The executive mm-hmm. team is out there doing presentations. You know, you might spend time doing a PowerPoint and or a PDF or something like that to, to frame it out, but you know that they're going to go rogue. Right. So right. do you open up and, and enable them with some of these tools, like the font, you know, so that they have an idea of how the importance of font. If they're going to mess with your stuff or create new slides or something like that, what do you think, Crystal? Should we, should we engage and let our team know about these uh, tools? I definitely think so, because definitely from the sales side, they're constantly making PowerPoints and decks and presentations, all that good stuff. And sometimes they might need to grab a logo from their website, or if I don't have it, um, they could easily download that tool in Chrome and get the logo that they need for their presentation. I definitely agree. Definitely for the photo sites, if they need a photo for a background or something, they should definitely have those tools. They're free. They're not just for designers, so for anyone who needs them. So I definitely agree that it should be open to anyone to access. I think that's kind of a pro tip, right? Yeah, if you're the marketing so, yeah. person at the reseller, enable your team because there's nothing more because this happened to me before. There's nothing more like you'll spend time and the designer will spend time crafting something and it's great. A year later, right. you happen to get the deck back from some executive that hacked it, you know, <laughs> and it's like they did everything that I just talked about that I do, the wrong font. You know, right, they're using right, combat right. font and they're, you know, because they want to a- accentuate something and their colored palette's completely off and they, they grab some image from somewhere and you can see on it do not use this image you know but <laughs> right. if they didn't crop it out it's just it's stuff like that it's like oh really yeah really yeah. you went rogue and yeah. this is how you went rogue yep. you know well and let's be honest if you're that person if you're that designer or in my situation the writer on the team that mm-hmm. everyone looks to is like this is the person that knows how to do x <laughs> you're always that person that gets sent everything too yeah like hey right. oh, hey, yes. hey john can you how's this look can you read yeah. over this thing <laughs> and i'm saying it because you've been guilty <laughs> oh, of it too i do this all the time to you. <laughs> and i don't Absolutely. mind you know it's one of those things i gotta mind it's the inner you know the the uh inner editor in me will come out and be like yeah sure i'll take yeah, care sure. of this but i also think to myself like there's probably ways i could equip you with tools to do it and i will say grammarly i just signed up for grammarly like two weeks ago had never done it before there was like a discount deal that came along cordy pointed it out to me and i'll be honest my you know my own personal hubris was kind of like whatever this thing isn't going to teach me how to yeah, write really better. i know this and I yeah can teach I've, it. I've launched it and now <laughs> that i've I'm, i've got it you know in, in chrome and everywhere else and I'm like, man, I find myself using this quite a bit, like just for a little cleanup stuff here yeah, and there, just yeah. to make stuff sound a little more concise nice, and better yes, than, mm-hmm. than I typically can sometimes. I'm like, all right, I, all right. There are certain places where I just turn it off. I'm like, no, I'm writing this in my style. But there are some things where I'm like, you know what? This is very handy to get my point across, write it the right way, make sure all the punctuation is in the right place. Cannot recommend that enough. That's a very simple, easy tool to use. That's awesome. And, and as marketers, I feel like it is our part of our duty is to enable the the team around us, right? right? right. And we know they're going to do these things. We might as well give them the tool. I'm glad you agreed uh, there, Crystal, because I think, you know, we don't want them to go too rogue, you know, and, and, and hopefully they're still keeping you in the loop to some degree, but we do have to enable them right. with some of these things because ultimately, if they're on the front lines communicating this and the horror that I just, you know, oh my gosh, they're using what image and all this stuff, and it's like... It, it looks bad on you and your marketing department. Exactly. So anyway, might as well try to enable them a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely agree. Um, I think I have a couple more resources, but they're mostly for those designers and those as experts that are in the field a lot of the time. So um, from mockups. So if like you have a product and it's launching like in an app store on, and you're gonna, it's gonna be a product on a mobile device. If you don't have that device, it's gonna be on, or you only have a screenshot of it. 
and you don't it's not live or anything yet i typically use mock-ups a ton a lot for that so i'll find like a mock-up of a device that it might be commonly um like mocked up in um so i use a lot of different mock-ups just especially like if i'm just trying to make it like a portfolio of some of the work of barcoding just kind of share what we've been doing and like the kind of marketing and design area i use mock-ups a lot it's kind of like showcase various websites, social media posts, that kind of thing. So there's several different websites you can use for that. Um, mockupworld.co and unblast.com are two of the ones that I use a lot of the time. Um, there's a whole list of them that it's on my blog, but those are great um, for just mocking up different images. Like if you want a picture of a notebook and your logo on a notebook as an example to send someone or something, there's a there's a mock-up for everything you could imagine out there. A coffee cup, you name it, that you want your logo on. Um, there's tons of different mock-ups out there. So you can find a lot of free ones there. There's paid ones too, but you want the free ones. Um, and then another thing I have, it's not free, but if you're starting out and you need like a lot of different assets at once, um, Creative Market is actually a great resource, resource for finding illustrations, vectors, typefaces, all that good stuff. Um, and some, most of those are paid, but sometimes they have free stuff. But they actually have this um, Creative Market Asset Drop is what it's called. And they have, you get like 100 download credits per month, I think for $10. So you can download a bunch of different things at once. So I feel like that's a great idea for anyone that's just like starting out and they need a lot of different assets to play around with. It's definitely a great tool. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good ones. Well, again, then, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then I have a couple things, mostly for marketers and then anyone who's a designer and touches a little bit into email marketing. I have just a couple more. Um, so subject lines are really important. Uh, there's a lot of science between behind subject line and preview preview text in an email. And I think that's really important to think about. You don't just put some random subject line in there. Um, so I have actually a, a tool you can use online. It's called subjectline.com. You could test your subject line and pretty much rates it based on the words and like all the, and the length of it, that type of thing. So it's a great tool to test your subject line. And it even sometimes gives you tips to make it better and that sort of thing. And then if you need like an email HTML um, template, sometimes companies require you to have an HTML template, um, except especially like for ads or various email advertising campaigns. I've used BeFree.io. Um, it's good for making HTML templates just on the web because not everyone is good at coding um, and knows how to code. Um, so that's a, definitely a great tool um, for you to visualize what an email would look like um, to create like basically a free HTML template um, for emails. That's basically all the tools I have. I also, on my blog, you can check out, um, if you don't have the Adobe Creative Suite, I understand it's super expensive. Um, so there are some like other suggestions. There's some free options as well, some lower cost options for design software that might only have like a fee once per year or a fee one-time fee for an application that you can download. So check those out on my blog um, and yeah. Yeah, very good. Awesome. Yeah, lots of good stuff. There. Yeah, and, and like I said, again, check the show notes for one. This is one of those times, I, I know I tell people to do that all the time, but this is one where I do recommend take a moment right now, whether you're on YouTube or whether you are listening on the podcast of your choice, scroll down to those show notes, 
click open that link to to Crystal's blog mm-hmm. and just save it for now. And when you're done here, come back later and you're going to find boatloads of these resources that you are going to find very handy and useful. So definitely That's check awesome. that out. Yep. All right. Let's 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 get into this whole website design thing. I know that we've kind of teased this a few times now, and this is one of my pet peeves. I have railed about this on countless mm-hmm. occasions. It is something that drives me nuts when I go to a website and it's just poorly designed. And granted, and, and again, this is coming from the perspective of somebody who's not a design person. Right, but you can tell. But I can still very quickly see when a website is That's just right. not designed well, yeah. especially when the UI is messed up, mm-hmm. when it doesn't look good on mobile. That's one that mm-hmm. really drives me mad right now is in, in a world where we all walk around with a mobile device in our pockets. Why would you create anything that is not mobile friendly at this point? <laughs> so I'm going to let you give your t- option to, to kind of nitpick here a little bit. Uh, what yes. are some of your top don't do this things for, for website creation? Yeah, I have like one, two, three, four, five, at least five things to do not do anymore. Um, so there's a lot of bad design, web design left over from like the 90s. Um, it's, it seems to have poured back in. It's just it's staying there. And we need to ditch some of those, uh, such as like sidebars. Like if you have a sidebar with a list of your blogs or something on the sidebar, it's just not really, doesn't look good anymore. Um, it's, I just don't think it's appealing to most users. So definitely avoid sidebars. And if you have a really good navigation and it's just really easy to like see what your navigation is and separate into multiple kind of sections, you don't need a sidebar anymore. Um, it's less distractions. You don't want any more distractions than you already have. So definitely don't think sidebars should be a thing anymore. Another thing is slideshows, fancy slideshows, just a really a big pet peeve of mine. I think I was on someone's website the other day. I don't even know who it was, but they had a bunch of like of their partner's logos on the website and it was opened up into a slideshow, basically you're scrolling through all the logos, but it didn't do anything. It's just a picture of a logo, no like caption or anything. So I feel like that's a very outdated element. It's just kind of like, why why do you need that? Because it's not, they're not accessible at this point anymore. They're kind of outdated and they're not just not really a good tool. They don't really do anything. Um, so there's definitely other ways to display those type of things. Um, definitely don't recommend um, like those fancy slideshows anymore. They're just kind of like bland and kind of cheesy. I just don't think it's a great idea um, if you need space to like store your photos on your website maybe get a Flickr account or something i don't don't recommend slideshows um anymore they're just kind of cheesy and they're not accessible and they're probably not responsive either you probably can't look at it on a mobile phone i guarantee you um and then some other ones as we talked about stock photography don't use bad stock photography um i already mentioned it's always great to do, have your own photography and take your own photography um but if you can't do that, it is okay to use stock photography, but avoid using really bad stock photography. Like if there's a per- if you need something for like an image for ROI, for example, and you go to search on Shutterstock for some website, and all it shows up is like this person holding a sign that says ROI. That is a very cheesy and this bad image that you don't want to use. So really- yeah, so definitely avoid bad photography at all costs because the average person can tell when it's stock photography and when it's bad. And if it's bad, it's just, they're not going to 
want to look at your website more. Or if it's um, that little dude that's a con computer generated dude with the round head and the round arms and it's been yeah, ubiquitous yeah. for years. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Bad graphics, you know, or, you know, right. computer generated you, graphics I, I mean, are just as bad. Let's be honest. The lesson with that is if you have ever seen it somewhere else, you probably shouldn't be using it. If you recognize it, that means it's overused. <laughs> or the style, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, exactly. Keep going, Crystal. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and then some other things. Responsiveness, as we touched on a little bit already, like don't create a separate mobile site. Um, if you if you don't if your site is not responsive at this time, you should consider um, possibly redoing your site and making it responsive because um, it's kind of frustrating when a user has to go on your website and they have to go to a separate website to view it on their phone. That's just really frustrating and it's just and i hate when websites when they eliminate content or the navigation is different or anything it should be the exact same experience just for a mobile device don't eliminate content for the mobile device it's just important that everything is there because these days some people only have a cell phone i know like my parents they only have a cell phone they and like an ipad they they don't use a computer um so Definitely realize that your your website is going to be viewed in multiple different devices and commuters and different sizes and that kind of thing. So it's just really important that your website works across multiple de devices and just it just makes sense to have a responsive website. Everyone has different devices and and also you can just do your research and see who your users are and what they use as well. But I guarantee you it's going to be a mix of pretty much everything. Um, so definitely. Do not create a separate mobile site and don't eliminate content um, for the mobile site. Good tip. Yep. And then um, the last one that I have as far as like too much design, like if there's if there's like a really cursive and like abstract kind of looking font, um, that's just not readable. Um, so it's just avoid cheesy kind of fonts and things that aren't readable. If you're trying to be fancy, maybe not a really cursive font there's there's definitely more ways to make your website more readable um same with like color palettes like if you use like a really crazy color palette and there's too many colors like it's looking like a really big rainbow on your website you might want to think about that because color contrast as i mentioned before is just super important on your website you want to choose something that looks cohesive across your colors your typefaces your images all of that should work together as well and if you have too much of all those things it could distract your audience and you don't want that and another element i also often think about is some people don't always think about this so the ctas or the buttons on your website those should ha all have a consistent design you should maybe have one or two variations one for a dark background and like one for like a white background they should look the same they should have the same colors the same fonts and you don't want to have too many on a page either. I would say maybe two to four on a page, like maybe one in the navigation, in the header, or in the bottom of your website with like content piece, like download this today. Um, so those CTAs should always have the same design and you just want to keep it simple overall. So that's pretty much most of my um, website design recommendations. There's definitely a lot of things translated over from the 90s that are still here that you just need to avoid. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's when people were translating their, their like their pamphlets. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to make this online right, now, right. and it's like literally taking the pamphlet right. yeah. and putting exactly. it on. And I, I have literally seen that. I've seen and where it's terrible. someone sends you to a site, like, well, here's their information you can check out here, and you click on the page, and you can very clearly tell <laughs> this was a printed 
piece of paraphernalia that you had that you just somehow turned into a web page. You might have literally just scanned it into some sort of a PDF type yes, format right. and just threw it up. Convert here. to HTML yeah, button. and assume that that made a website. <laughs> I'm glad you landed on the less is more because I, I do think the design, especially around web design, can be can fall into that category, right? Really good le- looking design. Less couldn't be more. If you're throwing up a like little, oh, let's throw a little sunshine over here, uh, this kind of button there, and it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gummy. Yeah, I agree. And Crystal, I, I appreciate that you your comment about the idea that hey, not everybody has a computer or you know a desktop yeah. or even mm-hmm. a laptop. I have not owned my own personal laptop in I don't know maybe a decade or so now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I at my house, you know, my wife and I both have you know mobile devices. We both have iPads. That's it. My that's my primary tool is to use iPads. Yep. And you know, I, if it weren't for work, I wouldn't have any kind of laptop. Probably, I just I wouldn't see the need for one. Mm-hmm. But again, it does continually frustrate me when I go and visit some kind of a website where I look at it and go, I know this sucks because I'm looking at this on my iPad. <laughs> and if I got on my computer and looked at it, my work computer, it would probably look better. I should never have to do that. If 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 anyone has to do that, that is clearly a huge failure of design. Yeah. Um, so I know, and like I think I linked to this article here from LinkedIn about you know website features to ditch. And there's actually you know most of what you covered here is all was all in there. But, but the one thing I wanted to put out is someone put the um, the comment they put in there. The quote is, "Your website is the online version of your office," and I think that's such a smart way to think about your yeah. design because Absolutely. if you think about when someone comes to your office, let's say. There's like well, 60 different doors, and they don't know which one to walk into. Mm-hmm. Or they walk in, and you're someone's at, off to the side of the lobby screaming, look over here, look over here, look over here, while they're trying to figure out what they're doing or check in. Or they have to go through 60 other doors in order to get to the office they're trying to reach. You know, if, you wouldn't do that stuff in your office. Most people these days are making, if, if they're having an office at all, right. it's a very minimalized experience. Yes. It's, it's you walk in, you, you, you meet somebody that tells you exactly where to go or what to do, you know what you're doing when you're there. There's very, you know, there's very little to have to look at and figure out in order to sort out what you're doing. Your website should feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes some people's offices don't look all that great, though. But that's but true. I get the 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 spirit of what you're right, saying right. there, right? And if that's the case, then you got to fix your office also. <laughs> yeah. Start with your website because more people are probably visiting your website <laughs> than coming to your office, and then maybe yeah. figure out the office part. Leave of the later. forest and so. plants in your in your uh, opening whatever. Yeah. yeah, your doorway. They, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All Good right. Stuff. Well, Crystal, I'm going to let you wrap this conversation up by maybe telling us a few of more of your pet peeves. So are there any kind of design aesthetics or cliches that in general in the world of design that you are just over right now? Yeah, there's a couple of things I'll touch on a little bit. Um, just like when someone comes to me, like asking for design in general, I definitely avoid saying to a designer or anyone that's designing, like, make it pop, make, make me something that's pretty and colorful. I cannot stand it at this point when someone asks me to do that. Um, so when I'm talking to someone, they tell me that. I'm like, well, can you actually say this instead? So I tell them what you want is you're looking for a good and impactful design to stand out amongst the rest. Like try to like bring in those words that are just like more meaningful than just like a pretty design. Um, so it's definitely a cliche or kind of thing I'm just over <laughs> at this point. Um, so, so nobody's I, walked up to you and said, hey, Crystal, can you make this the worst design you've ever possibly <laughs> yeah. done? I mean, right? I mean, it's like that's a given that you're going to, you know, make a good right, design. Right. That's what designers do. Like, oh, I wasn't going to make this one pop. I was just no. going to, I was yeah. just going for substandard. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. I'm so glad you told me that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm trying to like, uh, like just get to make people learn that like not everyone 
that's probably just not a good way to talk to someone um, because they, they have the experience and with the design kind of thing. And you don't want to just kind of say some cliche thing. So definitely think that's something I would avoid um, if you're talking to a designer, anyone that's designing a marketer, anyone. Um, but for more specific, just like graphic design cliches, I recommend um, just avoiding overused fonts, like I mentioned before, Avenir, Gotham, Helvetica, um, Arial, Comic Sans, you know, all of those ones are just like overused and just like too much out there. And another thing related to that is a lot of companies are doing like rebrandings I've seen over the years, several years. And a lot of them are just like picking like these simple geometric um, kind of fonts. They're just like, they're all really boring. And just it's one of those things that I've kind of hated over the years, um, being a graphic designer, witness like brands, just like there's like a lot of like high end retail retail brands like Gucci or brands like that that just like completely simplify their branding and just like it doesn't have that uniqueness to it anymore. Um, so that's one of the things I've just like watched over the years that everyone is just going to these modern like kind of typefaces, super s- simple and geometric and they're sans serif fonts. And they just kind of all look the same. Um, so I don't recommend um, just doing what everyone else is doing. Um, make your brand unique. Uh, don't do what everyone else is doing and just try to be unique with your own font. Like if you already have this great font and just and you use it everywhere and no one has a problem with it, maybe just modernize the logo a little bit, but don't change it just because every other company is doing it. So that's just something I've seen over the year that I'm kind of done with. And then another thing is um, there's a website called Fiverr. Um, basically, it's a website where you can get really cheap kind of logos or anything you might need. And then, and just as a designer, I've always hated that that's been a thing because they often, when once they started that company, they're basically branded themselves as a company where you can get a logo for $5. And it's just something, it's just like kind of a punch in the face to any like graphic designer on the planet because they, they cannot charge that low of a price for a logo or a brand. It's more than just one image of what your brand looks like. So that's just another kind of cliche kind of thing that I avoid at all costs. I just don't support that kind of company because that's just the way they started out. If you want a freelancer, or you're hiring someone, uh, actively look um, on LinkedIn or a website called dribble.com. You can find lots of freelancers on that website um, and you'll have good design because if you pay someone really cheaply, it will, it's not, most likely will not be good. And it's just gonna be like, just kind of standard and might look similar to someone else's website or logo. Yeah, it's, um, I can just yeah. imagine somebody in the back, oh, you need a logo? Hold on, I got one right here. Yeah, Spool yeah, right exactly. off the show. There you go, five yeah. bucks. Yeah. And it's, it's probably a template that they use, like that they choose from. So I definitely don't recommend- There's value logos. behind, yes, right, exactly. Meeting yeah. with and, and having the dialogue around what you're looking exactly. for, for sure, yeah. All right. Hey, great, great uh, tips, great cliches, yes. stuff to avoid Stuff there. to avoid, yes. I would think by now you should have a pretty good understanding of what to do and what not to do in the world of design. Ooh, yes, um, right. I, I know I feel a little bit better about this. I'm already, I, I will say, I'm already thinking like I hopefully when we are promoting this episode, you're not looking at the stuff we're putting out there and going, oh, these guys. They didn't even listen to a thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> may have to run some of that by you first and be like, would you do this? Don't let me do the farm <laughs> yeah, thing. That's yeah, all you have yeah, to do. Don't let me do this. I'll be honest. Like, I think lately I've been making thumbnails for our videos, which, you know, I, I just do because I you know, need yeah. to quickly get done. Right. I, I, I'm pretty sure I use Arial most of the time for the font. I'm going to oh. I'm gonna do something different New for the next now. one. I there promise. I'm yeah. going to pick something. Yeah, related something to that class. as well, I'll just touch on it real quick. Thumbnail design is also super important. Um, I try to, like, choose... There's tons of different resources, I'm sure, online as well, like how to effectively design an impactful, impactful thumbnail for YouTube or any thumbnail in general. Um, definitely Google that as well, because there's lots of different tools and tips and what to use, what font to use, what colors to use, how like a screenshot of like a person or like a cutout of a person. Um, so that's something that I'm trying to improve as well on our YouTube channel for barcoding. Yeah, nice. nice. Awesome. All right, well, hey, before we get to the value for the VAR here and maybe something you can take to the bank for yourself and your business right now, uh, I want to thank, as always, our Tech Connect uh, podcast and sponsors. Uh, The growing uh, number of sponsors, (laughs) yes. Too many for me to list at this point. We appreciate your support of the show. We could not do this without you. Uh, As always, if you like what you have heard or seen here today, depending on where you're watching or listening to this, leave us a review, leave us a rating Mm -hmm. if there's an option to do that. If you have ideas for episodes if there's other other marketing related content you'd like to hear and talk more you're about, looking to get a new shirt and you're looking to get a new shirt just submit us a topic it will go to the, again to those show notes there's always a link there to submit topics to us and you will get a free tech connect podcast t-shirt just for doing that boom uh which you know we should probably send one uh crystal's way I and, and jody for that matter because jody Absolutely. hooked us up with the barcoding day yes, t-shirt so yes, we that's should true. probably hook you guys up yeah. uh, and of course as always if you want to connect with us anywhere online you can find us first on twitter Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us anytime, TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here, first of all, with our value to the VAR, yeah. kind of our way of giving a takeaway to our audience. Yep. Now, we've had a lot of discussion about the design aspect, and mm. you know, maybe maybe we're talking to some VARs out there mm-hmm. that don't really have that kind of a person on right? staff, though. Well, for sure. Or maybe There's they're a thinking, lot of them. you know, it is time for us to up our game. We want our yep. advertising to look better. We want our website to look better. Yep. I need to find somebody. So... If they're looking to hire a designer or even just employ some freelancers, uh, and this kind of goes back to how we sort of found you with this idea of, you know, the the smart resume for designers. Mm. What should our VARs be looking for, if, you know, or asking about? What should they be expecting from someone in the world of design so they don't get that person that's just going to give them the minimalist $5 logo, you know? <laughs> yeah, I definitely have some recommendations there, especially when you have an application out there and you're collecting all these resumes, Definitely some things to look for. Um, see if they have their own branding. Um, typically, a designer that's well experienced will have their own branding and they'll have their own like custom resume. Um, it won't be a Word download, it'll be a PDF instead. Um, so definitely look for that um, because that shows that they know how to do branding and they know how to work with their own colors, their own fonts, that kind of thing. So it's just another example of a project they've done um, that they can showcase for. Another thing is, um, like I mentioned, like. If it's just a typical word template, um, a designer could typically do a little bit better. Um, they should design their own resume. Um, that's the way I've always visualized it. And if you can't find their website on their resume, it's just not worth your time because you don't have to email them like, what's your website? Where's your portfolio? Um, so that's definitely something that I look for. If I can't find their website on their resume, it's just not worth the extra effort to try to look at it because it might not have the work that should be there because it's not on the resume. Um, so definitely think a website um, should be visible in your resume as well as immediate contact information. Um, and when you're hiring, may- maybe ask about like how much experience they have as far as like software programs like InDesign, Illustrator, Photoshop, 
and see if they have additional skills as well. So right now there's tons of different things. Designers have skills in across from illustration, web design, uh, UI and UX, animation, video, all these things. See if they have any extra skills because those are bonuses that they can attribute to any company that's just great to have on hand. Those are really, really good ones. And I'm going to focus in on the portfolio one because I think that's important. Uh, If you're looking for a freelancer, they should be able to provide you with a portfolio. And if you're flipping through, let's say you're looking for somebody to help you with your web design uh, and you're flipping through their portfolio, a number one, if they don't have a portfolio, there's your red flag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but if they do, and they're only showing you like printed pieces, right? Like, oh, I did this pamphlet right, and right, this postcard, right. and and you're looking for web design. Well, there's your sign. Maybe that's not the right person. So look for some diversification in their portfolio. They should be able to to help you out there. And look at the types of clients that they work for. So uh, what I have run into uh, in in my you know, experience with freelancers and stuff like that. One little pro tip here is that if you do find, come across a freelancer that does a lot of work, for example, for agencies, mm-hmm. know that that's probably a high-powered kind of designer that you need to be prepared to interact with that person in a very fast manner, right? right if they right. do a lot of agency work, that means they're probably doing a lot of stuff very, very quickly under high pressure, high deadlines, and they're going to be looking for you. Okay, you got the stuff I need. Let's go. You know, They're going to come up with a good design, but if you're not ready for that, you know, it might be. So anyway, look at the types of clients and look at that portfolio. I think that's a good one, Crystal. Yeah, yeah right. the portfolio is incredibly important as well. I think I also have a blog somewhere about that as well. It's probably on AAJ Baltimore's website. Uh, so I'll get that link over to you guys. But I ha- pretty much wrote a blog about how to design your portfolio and what it should look like, whether it's a PDF or a website. Definitely recommend having a website, of course. Um, but your portfolio is really important. Um, we're actually hiring a junior designer at Barcoding. Um, so if you're interested and you have those skills and and you have a good portfolio, um, yes, there yeah, you go. So there you go. <laughs> your portfolio, but um, the portfolio, if you're hiring for a design position, you want to see design pieces. So, for example, I think um, in the process of hiring, I've seen application come in from like web developers, and I don't really see a whole lot of like design kind of graphic design products. So definitely make sure your resume or your portfolio showcases. Um, why you're applying because if it doesn't showcase a specific few pieces that um, relate to the skills and experience required it's just not going to work out um so i definitely recommend um maybe modifying your resume or your portfolio for a specific position because they know they know that this is personalized for them good tips i got nothing to add there yep nope. <laughs> None, me either absolutely all right hey let's wrap up as always with what's tech connecting with you this is our segment where we get to talk about something in the world of science tech innovation yes. has our attention yes. caught our eyes something we're interested in or learning uh-huh. about uh crystal i'll let you start what's tech connecting with you right now yeah so what's tech connecting with me is um just like my new cell phone so i got a new samsung galaxy s22 plus um it just has a really great camera um, and I found it just so useful. It's just like, I don't have to drag a DSLR with me everywhere when I'm doing a quick work thing or I need a, this really quick photo. I can just use my phone for social media or the website or whatever the, the need might be. It just has such a great camera. It's like the best phone camera I've had in a really long time. Like I literally was down the Key West and I was taking a picture of the night sky and it has this night mode where you can like take pictures at night and it basically takes a long exposure kind of how a dslr would and i literally got a picture of this of the sky with all these stars and it's just really cool it's like more stars that i could visibly see to my eye so i thought it was just i think it's just a really great camera camera and that's 
wine, but I've also used it for some barcoding things as well, like National Barcode Day, taking photos and videos and that kind of thing. So definitely think um, it's a really cool technology. It is That's amazing awesome. what these phone cameras oh, can do compared to just, you know, five years ago. I wish I was more there. photography inclined mm-hmm. to appreciate how good some yeah, of these right? Because every now and then I will, I'll take a picture. I mean, I've you know, got the iPhone 11, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll take a picture sometimes and look at it and go, Man, that's a really nice picture. And that's just me. <laughs> or Joe port- Schmo doesn't know what mode. he's doing. Yeah, like portrait exactly. mode is fantastic. Yeah, with yeah. The, whatever they do yeah. to make that happen. That's awesome. a good one. Yeah, All right, Crystal. what's technical with you, Dean? Well, I got two of them. I'm going to give you a good news here first. New model helps identify mutations in cancer that well, that drive cancer. So this came from MIT News Office. Uh, it, I love stuff like this where they have a system that rapidly scans the genome of a cancer cell, and it could help researchers find targets of new drugs a lot faster and it, it just kind of builds on the whole thing where we've had the genome mapped for a long time uh, but this is where you, you're getting a little bit more granular into all the the different aspects or the, the aspects of that sequence and it's starting to have some really beneficial stuff in in what is being created target drugs that can be produced and stuff like that for specific cancers so to me that's I just I love anything like because I feel like right. cancer is just one of those things where dang it we're gonna conquer it someday right, right? right. we just there's really good stuff happening there and it seems like it's happening a lot faster exponentially i don't know if it is the right word so right i think there's some good news maybe on okay. that account. now in the Somebody? time that it took me to tell you that Uh-oh. i also stumbled across this other website that gives you the profitability of the top companies per second so this is gonna be the depressing yeah this is the depressing one so in the amount of time it just told took me to tell you that apple made twenty eight thousand twenty nine thousand thirty one thousand dollars in profit and so this site it's just one of those sites where you look at it it's like man this is really really depressing apple is the top one they make seventeen hundred dollars per second in profit which is one hundred and five thousand dollars per minute this is unbelievable. $6 million per hour is what that breaks down to, or $151 million a day in profit. So how do you make $55 billion in profit? Well, that's how that's you do it, apparently. Do it. And then I'm going to... Second by second. But I'm going to give you a couple of them. Like, we've all heard how the uh, the airlines are kind of like, woe is me, <laughs> that type of a thing. Oh, hold on now, because so, uh, Delta's on here. Delta's number 16. Uh, let's not woe is me too much. They make $13 million a day. In profit, so right, yeah. So it's, yeah. like you scroll through this, and it's like, eh, can just, I use that the next time those... they tell me they've canceled a flight? Be like, listen, I know how much you guys make a day. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Get that plane over here and let me on it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now you do have some companies that are losing money out there, like Tesla, for example, is losing two million dollars a day. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond is losing three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars per day. But anyway, if you take a look at this list, I'll, I'll send it to you. You can get it in the notes. It's just with the, those top companies. It's yeah, like these yeah. people. It's, it's, this is wrong. Yeah, you know, there, there's something insanely wrong about making what is it? One hundred fifty-one million dollars a day yeah. in profit. Just profit. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, the, yeah, so there's depressing. your depressing news. All but. right. Well, I'm gonna get even maybe a little morbid and creepy. Oh, okay. Morbid and creepy. Let's um, go. Have you heard that they decided Amazon recently announced that Alexa will soon be able to talk to us in the voices of our dead loved ones. <laughs> no. Like oh, no. No, yes. no. So apparently they've set something up where Why? you can introduce a very small amount of audio from someone that you know or loved, you know, from a deceased person. And I guess from anybody. And it will talk and back And Alexa to can replicate their, you know, intonations and their tone and the sound of their voice and speak to you in their voice. 
Now, of course, they're trying to sell this as being something helpful, like for someone who is maybe missing someone. And I get that, you know, if you're coping with, you know, the loss of someone, you want to hear their voice. You know, they mentioned like, you know, I think one of the ways they kind of were advertising this or promoting it was like, you know, the dead grandma reading a nighttime story to their grandchild still or uh, something, you know. Oh, so it's not the add to cart. Yeah, I'll add that to your cart and <laughs> well, your grandfather's voice. I mean, voice. you could. I guess technically yeah. you could set up add your, eggs to the your grocery default list. Alexa voice add it to could your be cart. that. Right, exactly. <laughs> So obviously, yes. So there's a yeah, there's yeah, a lot of weird. creep factor that comes out of this. Plus, like, uh, Crystal, are you a Black Mirror fan? Have you ever watched Black Mirror? I have not watched that, but it's just too creepy for me. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> well, and I know you haven't really watched it either. I keep yeah. recommending it to you. So, all right, there is an episode of Black Mirror, which I won't get too far into the details, where a woman has lost her husband, mm. and she signs up for a service that basically scrubs his entire existence on the internet, mm-hmm. his social media, everything, and starts cre- basically creates a chat bot that she can start interacting with that will talk to her like her husband. Oh. And eventually she starts being able to have phone calls with them in his voice. And eventually it even create they even create like a robot, like an actual Android model gotcha. that looks, it feels, and is him essentially. Yes. But it's been programmed. And of course, you know with that human skin I talked yeah, about yeah, on the exactly. robot. Yes, right. So th- I feel like this is the kind of the route we're sort of we're sort of starting to head down that route a little I don't bit. Oh man. And and pl- well, it brings up a lot of concerns. Also, one, you get this whole issue of deep fakes. You know, we've oh, we've sure. been very concerned about right. the idea of falsifying video of people saying of and course. doing things. Yep, that can cause all kinds of trouble. This is just adds on to that security issues, fraud issues. Imagine your daughter calling mm. you up in an Alexa in your daughter's voice, calling you up and saying, "Daddy, I need help. I can't pay for this thing. Can you give me your credit card?" Exactly. You What's going to stop you? If it you? sounds yeah. just like yeah. your daughter, you're going to be oh, like, "Hold yeah, on, Ellie. Yeah, yeah I'll do that for exactly. you." Exactly. And then also you get into this issues of consent and rights, you know, like, are we going to, is that something we're going to start baking into our wills? I do not consent for any of my loved ones <laughs> to use my voice my, to, my to have NIL, their Alexa talk my, to them. My likeness or my, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh man, th- this is one of those Why things where there just feels like a lot more that can go wrong with this than yeah. can possibly be useful about this. So. <laughs> Crystal's obviously creeped out. As it is, like literally I was watching like a YouTube video and someone said, Alexa set a timer for me. I'm like, what is this noise it coming from my kitchen? And my timer was just going off on Alexa, and I didn't tell it to do anything. It just hurt. It picked up from the TV in the living room, in the other room. So I think it's already creepy enough. <laughs> my husband will unplug it. We don't, oh. we don't need dead relatives' voices, Andrew. No. I'm so sorry. No, no. And maybe there's somebody that would benefit from this, and if so, I apologize. But I think as a whole, this is probably not a direction we necessarily need to be going. I would agree with that. Yes, yeah. yes, as a whole. There you know, go. Yeah. All, All right. right, that does it for us. It's time to unplug. Crystal Cotras from Barketting, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, thanks for having me. Until next time, uh, you know, don't look at the profitability per second of your no, favorite company. It's going to depress you. And, uh, <laughs> and maybe just go ahead and think about revising your will and taking out some of those, uh, some of those pesky rights to your voice. Today. I'm today, today, yeah, yes. I think you should do that immediately. <laughs> and until next time, as always, please stay connected. TechMech Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Uh, Elo knows a thing or two about touchscreen technology, right? Ooh, a little bit. Yep. Just a thing Just or two. Just a thing or two. Or yeah. thousand, Maybe two thousand. Maybe inventor. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, they've kind of been this whole digital signage and display game yeah. for a little yeah, while. Yeah, they know that quite well. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, they have also brought their decades of touchscreen experience to the palm of your hand. What? With the M50 handheld mobile computer. Oh, it's yes. It's an enterprise-grade Android device built for efficiency and connectivity. All right. Check out some of these specs. Yep. 5.5-inch HD touch display. Nice. 
integrated 2D barcode scanner, mm. Android 10 OS, and a rugged design for commercial use. The M50 is ready to seamlessly integrate via Elo View or the MDM of your choice. All right, what else might you want? Uh, long mm. battery life. Okay. Critical. Check. Right? Check. Uh, quick charge. Ooh, check. Yep. Got yep. that. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 4G. Need it all. Check. All that communication stuff is yep. there. Plenty of accessories. <laughs> yes. Oh, accessories? They know accessories. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. They check. got it all. So again, what else do you need? Right. The M50 is a bold choice for enterprises like warehousing, retail, healthcare, delivery, and more. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Stars Elo team. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. All right, there's a bit of a worker revolution going on right now, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. You Whether know. your customers are having trouble filling positions mm. or they want better retention, yes. a big goal is helping every worker to be efficient and productive. That's the word. So every task worker without mobile access to relevant information is forced to take more steps and more time to complete tasks eroding your operational efficiency uh, so now di- you know, connected What's that? Yeah. well yeah so connecting disconnected workers is is actually a lot easier using mm. zebras ws50 oh nice this is the world's smallest all-in-one android enterprise class wearable mobile computer now this device is also rugged it's modular and at home everywhere from manufacturing and warehousing to retail and hospitality it's a versatile computing core with a modular design that lets users choose the mount that's right for their job. Nice. If you can do it on the wrist, back of the hand, or a two-finger version. Nice. I highly recommend check out the link on this one because this it's, sounds whiz bang. It's, it's cool just to see the yeah. different ways you can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The WS50 mobile computer is small, but it's mighty. It's packed with a powerful business class voice and data features that drive productivity and accuracy into every task. It is lightweight and ergonomic, it's comfortable and never in the way. Plus, with no host device required, the WS50 is the first of its kind, offering powerful data capture with all-in-one Android device simplicity. And this is all in one device. All in one device. Holy cool. moly. And I like the whole like no host device required. You don't have to have something else tied to it or Perfect. tethered to it. Yeah. You just slap this thing on however you prefer to wear it. Go and do your job. Enable your workers. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. To learn more, as I mentioned, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Zebra representative.